We are back in uh, for the Three Dog Thursday podcast, but we also are serving dual purpose here with my guy, John Lewis uh, from SportsMediaWatch.com, a.k.a. Paulson. He is Paulson underscore SMW for Sports Media Watch on Twitter. I love his insight. So this is a two for one. I do this from time to time on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, but it's also the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast at the same time because it's a big enough deal with the passing uh, of an iconic NFL figure, and in particular, an NFL television figure and video game figure in John Madden, who passed away uh, unexpected earlier this week at the age of 85 and just days after a phenomenal documentary encompassing his life, his coaching, his career, uh, all Madden as it's known. Uh, that debuted on Fox on Christmas Day, and just days later, uh, John Madden unexpectedly passed away at age 85. So John Lewis is here with me to give great insight. Who better to go to to get some insight on the sports media, the impact of Madden, et cetera? So, John, welcome. Merry Christmas to you, post-facto post, uh, here. Happy New Year. Thank you for popping on. I wish it was a better circumstance than talking about the death of John Madden, but thank you for popping on anyway. Hey, thanks for having me. I always appreciate it. And again, we're on John's podcast as well, sportsmediawatch.com podcast, which I'm part of. So we're just, we're cohabitating here. The, the interview is serving both purposes, uh, no matter how you found us, where you found us. Thank you for doing so, including on sportsmediawatch.com, uh, his website and the sportsmediawatch.com podcast uh, as well. If I say to you, what comes to mind about John Madden and his impact on football, football on TV? What would you say to start out with here? As there's been so much outpouring in, in recent days and in recent hours. John, what would you say? Well, I think the biggest testament to John Madden is that I can't think of just one. Uh, you know, it comes to mind being in the football booth, but also being in commercials, right? You know, fact and enacted, right? Uh, certainly the... Uh, the Frank Caliendo impressions as well. Uh, it's just a major pop cultural figure in a way that sports TV analysts generally are not. Uh, I don't know who asked me this. And I think it was a, a commenter on my site asked me, you know, other than Howard Cosell, is there anybody else who was as big? I don't really think so. You know, and uh, Howard was big. Howard was big enough that I think you could actually argue that Howard was even bigger than John Madden. But nobody else that I can think of has ever achieved the level of national relevance beyond just sports while working in TV, except maybe Charles Barkley. Charles might belong in that conversation. But uh, Madden was a major celebrity, a major star, and uh, you know, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated back when that was meaningful, right? Uh, nobody knows who's on the cover of Sports Illustrated today, but back then, everybody knew who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated every week. Uh, he was a major celebrity and a major, uh, you know, public figure, and also a really good TV analyst as well. Like you think about Charles, you know, people enjoy Charles in spite of his analysis, ultimately, right? <laughs> uh, you know, so Madden was all of those things, and he was also good at calling football games. Yeah, there is no doubt. And then there's the whole legacy of the Madden video game, which I understand your point about Cosell was almost larger than the games that he was calling or the events that he was working, but it didn't sustain for two or three decades after his broadcasting and now after his, his passing. John Madden's video game, 
tens of millions of people hinge on playing that game and have for the better part of 25 plus years have hinged on really going back almost 30 years have hinged on playing that video game and how it has grown and, and escalated now into a virtual reality video game, uh, et cetera. It's amazing what that became because of the personality uh, of John Madden. Uh, I think it is interesting to go back in the historical perspective, and this is what's great about your uh, genre, your website, and what we're talking about. John Madden and Pat Summerall became iconic with the NFL on CBS, in particular the NFC games. I, can't, I don't think we can overemphasize it enough, can we, John Lewis, that they were synonymous with seeing the 1980s San Francisco 49ers Super Bowls, the, the 1980s Washington Redskins Super Bowl, the 85 Bears. They were intertwined. You were seeing those games every week, and you were hearing the soundtrack was Pat Summerall and John Madden. Pick it up from there, if you would. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, Summerall and Madden were just uh, tremendously iconic, one of the great pairings in sports TV history. Very few people can say that their time working with Al Michaels was the secondary part of their career. But Al can uh, but, uh, John can certainly say that. And that was such an interesting pairing as well. You know, Al had been established for years, but never really had the great partner, right? And right before John Madden, it was Dennis Miller and Dan Fox, right? <laughs> uh, you know, the Dennis Miller era only becomes more and more ridiculous with time. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I was working with John Madden. It's kind of like, you know, a player in the NBA who hasn't really had the great teammates. And then all of a sudden, they get an all star next to them, right? Uh, and uh, Madden, uh, unlike Russell Westbrook, you know, really came through the way that uh, Monday Night Football needed, right? And, uh, you know, that was a needless dig at Russ. I apologize. Russ isn't that bad. <laughs> Russ isn't hey, a real problem. As I like to say, and, and you appreciate my references, he's been passed around like the offering plate at church to different NBA teams right now. That's I don't true. think it's an unnecessary yeah. dig. It's kind of an appropriate dig uh, at this yeah. point. But I understand the point that you're making because, remember, Pat Summerall was at the end of his broadcasting career. He was, uh, in the early 2000s, clearly not the same broadcaster anymore. Um, and John Madden wanted to continue to do games. And so if he couldn't be with, with Pat, he was no longer going to do Fox. He ended up getting the Monday night football booth with Al Michaels. And then, as you and I have talked about on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast, when Al Michaels was traded by ESPN ABC, by Disney, to NBC, part of that package deal was to go do the games with John Madden for the final three or four years that he would be on network TV. John, just pick up that with the transition there in the 2000s and the final games that he would be broadcasting were actually on NBC. Yeah, well, it's very interesting because, you know, John went to NBC and Al went to ESPN. Everyone forgets that Al Michaels signed an eight-year contract and did Monday Night Football for ESPN with Joe Feisman. And uh, so it was going to be that, that John Madden was going to have a new partner. For a little while there, NBC was trying to make Chris Collinsworth into a play-by-play -play guy. Their initial idea, or at least one of them, was that Collinsworth would do play-by-play -play and Madden would do the analysis. Uh, I think they thought about Tom Hammond for a bit there. They thought about right. uh, Bob Costas, uh, but ultimately it wasn't going to work if it wasn't Al Michaels, right? They did have a great rapport. They did work very well together. It wasn't the same partnership as with Summerall, and it wasn't the memorable partnership that the one with Summerall was. But, you know, they worked well off of each other and it felt like a big game. You know, any game Al Michaels does, and, you know, as long as it's an NFL game, you know, because I remember him on the NBA, 
But any game Al Michaels does on the NFL is automatically a big game by virtue of his presence. And with John Madden there, it was only magnified. I mean, I think that Al and Collinsworth actually have better chemistry, believe it or not. They've worked together for longer, and I do think they have better chemistry. But Al Michaels and John Madden, that's one of those giant pairings. And uh, it was a relatively short amount of time that they worked together, about six, seven years. Uh, but, I mean, that, that's one of those, you know, all-time broadcast TV pairings that uh, will be hard to match voice of John Lewis. He is hanging uh, with us here, not just the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. We're double dipping our chip, as I like to say, because we're also playing this interview as part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast that I host. Because again, I wanted to go to somebody that has great insight on the sports media and the world and the ratings, et cetera, with the passing of John Madden. People in the present day, all right, the millennials that we talk so much about, John teaches as well with college students. They have no appreciation that before he was even a broadcaster, John Madden was a heck of a football coach with the Oakland Raiders. He was hired uh, as, as one of the youngest coaches ever in the NFL at only 32 years of age when Al Davis hired him as the Raiders coach. To this day, with all the great coaches in the history of the NFL, from Hallis to Lombardi to Landry to Shula to now Belichick, Bill Walsh, uh, name, name anyone, John Madden has the highest winning percentage of any coach that's coached at least 100 games in the NFL. John Madden won 76% of his games, three out of every four. That's incredible as a football coach. And then his attitude was, I, I'm done with coaching. I'm done with the Raiders. I want to do something else. And that turned out to be broadcasting. And he never came back. There was a lot of speculation in the 80s that he might come back and coach another team because he was still relatively John Lewis young. He was still in his late 40s uh, in, the, in the 80s and never did. Never did come back to coach anybody else, only coach the Raiders. Um, and so that's interesting, too in that aspect. But again, uh, we should emphasize this. You've talked about it a lot on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. Present day NFL still does very well. I saw that the Browns uh, Packers game uh, had close to 29 million people, something like that watching again, pro football on TV far surpasses anything, especially on network TV far surpasses anything that's on. But when you contemplate that Madden and Summerall were regularly doing games on CBS when there were so many fewer choices to watch and having 50 million people, 40 or 50 million people regularly watch them do the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins or the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles NFC games on CBS. It's a most of American sports fans. This was their soundtrack Madden and Summerall on CBS, John, you can't emphasize it enough. Yeah, well, I mean, it just goes to show the difference in television because Tony Romo was big, but Tony Romo can do this another 30, 40 years and he will never sniff the fame that John Madden had because ultimately, yeah, 28 million people were watching, but think about how large the viewing audience is, how big that population is. If you're talking, I mean, it was a 10.8 rating, right? Now, a 10.8 rating is a nice, big rating. But, you know, we're not talking about the days of 30s and 40s and 50s, right? We're talking about a nice solid rating on Christmas with a nice solid proportion of the audience watching. And uh, ultimately, that's kind of where NFL viewership is. It's massive, but it's not a massive proportion of the country, right? That's really what it comes down to. The only time the NFL attracts a massive proportion of the country 
is during the playoffs and really just championship games and Super Bowl. Everything else is just a really big number, a really big number in terms of the raw number that is not necessarily that big a slice of the overall pie. And because Madden was working in an era where there were so fewer you know, television homes and so fewer channels, everyone who was watching TV, or nearly everyone, was familiar with him. Romo is not going to get that. There's huge swaths of the country that don't watch the NFL at all. Anyone ever notice that ESPN subscribers have dropped by 40 million and the ratings are pretty much the same? There were 40 million people who were paying for ESPN and never watching, right? And they're gone now. They didn't even pay for them anymore. So there's a lot of people who aren't watching sports, aren't aware of any of this stuff. And I think there's plenty of places in this country that Tony Romo could go and no one would know who he was. Right. <laughs> it's and, as hard as that is for us to fathom if we're football fans or if we watch football on TV, it, it is true. And it's not just a knock at him. It's probably Chris Collinsworth, yeah. the same way as you were mentioning. Uh, you know, again, uh, pick pick one um, of the of the analysts that have done it, even Troy Aikman here. If you're a football fan, you know who these different guys are, uh, but it's not it's not quite the same crossover as what John Madden yeah was or became hey a couple of other fun ones we see so much being done now with the telestrator on replays on on football games on tv in particular but every sport now has the telestrator from college basketball to the nhl to the nba they'll diagram something they'll show it to you that originated with cbs and uh, and and john madden in particular they called it john lewis the old cbs chalkboard if you go back on youtube and watch some of these games they put the graphic up the cbs chalkboard and suddenly john madden is vir- is uh virtually on the screen drawing on the screen and showing you how the play is going you can't see him but he's showing you with a diagram etc like the cbs chalkboard that's the precursor to the telestrator that everybody uses now you don't watch a football game now uh, of any consequence, college or pro, where they're not using the telestrator, it began with Madden doing the diagram. And of course, he had to have the boom. And boom, you go right here and then you boom, you hit him over there and he would be drawing and drawing and drawing. That originated in the early 80s as a John Madden innovation. How about that? While we educate the audience a little. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, CBS is kind of the forgotten part of the Madden era, isn't it? Even though it was really where he formed his, uh, his career. And uh, ultimately, that was a great time to work for CBS. There were a lot of strong thinkers back then doing a lot of really interesting work. CBS didn't really do the best job at the NBA, but, you know, kind of kept it afloat during some bad times. They started out with the NCAA tournament, you know, and uh, certainly uh, pretty much everything they did back then did as well, except for the four years that they had baseball. That was a bit more forgettable. But, uh, you know, as far as... uh, the telestrator goes is just another way of demonstrating the game in a way that is understandable to people. We live in a world that just prizes jargon far too much, uh, certainly in academia, right? Like there are professors in academia who try to go against the jargon and they're like outcasts because they're not writing in a way that is impossible for a normal person to comprehend, right? We see it certainly in medicine the last few years, you know, a lot of jargon, you know, that kind of communicating in a way that is almost designed for the layman to be confused and not understand what's going on. And uh, ultimately, we strangely see it in sports. We do see jargon in sports. Like, you know, this is not nuclear physics, right? And so for John Madden to be able to communicate 
all of the pretentious strategies of football in a way that more people can actually understand. I mean, that's been a, a major, major uh, element. Uh, and you know, that's why people love them, right? Nobody wants to be talked down to or confused or, you know, uh, yeah, getting the sense that they're just listening to someone who enjoys the sound of their own voice. Boy, the voice that we enjoy the sound of is the voice of John Lewis. He's at Paulson underscore SMW on Twitter. It is Sports Media Watch and SportsMediaWatch.com. This is, again, a dual-purpose interview that I'm doing with John. You're hearing it as part of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast, but I'm also using it for the Three Dog Thursday podcast because we're talking pro football just immediately after the passing. Somewhat unexpectedly, at 85 years of age, again, John Madden had not really had a public life the last few years, but he had not been, by all accounts, uh, sick or dying and then suddenly the news just days after christmas and just after that documentary aired that he had passed away iconic hall of fame um, member winning coach with the uh, oakland raiders he'd have been in the hall of fame for the broadcasting part of it just alone as a football analyst one more point on this again if you are younger you don't appreciate what went on about 27 years ago now 27 28 years ago now when the Fox television network was trying to gain a footing as the fourth over the year network, you already had ABC, CBS, NBC as the longstanding television networks with all the primetime programming, all the sports, the game shows during the day, the soap operas during the day, Fox John was trying to grab a hold. They had shows like the Simpsons, the offbeat cartoon comedy. They had Beverly Hills, 90210 that my sister and now my wife and a lot of the other uh, ladies that were in their their late teens, their early 20s, they loved that show. Uh, they loved Melrose Place. It was kind of an offshoot, the same thing. These were the shows that Fox had. They also had some cutting-edge comedy within Living Color. They had uh, Married with Children, um, on and on. But they really, really became established when they grabbed the NFL and that NFC package and all those huge television markets and grabbed Pat Summerall and John Madden as contract-free agents to come with them to call the games. And when people initially thought Fox was crazy, John, to overpay hundreds of millions of dollars for the rights fee, what Rupert Murdoch understood is we're going to be able to promote everything off of the NFL. This will establish us. Those two iconic announcers and these big markets, New York, Washington, Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, th those are all markets we want to be in in terms of TV, and we now have that because of the NFL, Pat Summerall, and John Madden. We cannot overstate, can we, how vital that was to establishing Fox really into an empire TV-wise because of the NFL and grabbing Summerall and Madden to, to broadcast the NFL, right? Well, yeah, I mean, look, ultimately, there's no Fox without the NFL, and there's no NFL on Fox without John Madden, right? Everything that Fox is stems from getting NFL rights in 1994, for better or worse. And it wasn't just that they got NFL rights. It said they got NFL rights and were immediately recognized as an NFL authority. Because Fox had gotten the NFL, stumbled over its feet and fallen into the dirt like the baseball network did at around the exact same time, right? <laughs> you know, And then they could have lost the rights immediately and we would never have heard anything about them again. So it wasn't just that Fox got the NFL. Fox had to get the NFL and do the NFL well. And not just do the NFL well, 
that did the NFL as well as CBS did for all of those years previous, right? And they had to make sure that they did justice to the an NFL audience that expected a certain kind of broadcast. So some are all in Madden, they didn't get done, you know, who knows how that goes, right? Uh, and uh, so, you know, you could probably say Madden is one of the key people in building Fox. You know, no maybe uh, somewhere, somewhere below the Murdochs and Bart Simpson. And you put uh, John Madden in there. <laughs> Uh, that is fair. And again, uh, they they established themselves. I mean, one of the things I know in the market where I am here in the Tampa St. Pete market, uh, they did this in several other markets where at, simultaneous to grabbing the NFL, they bought a ton of local television stations in huge markets, including what had been the longstanding CBS affiliate in Tampa Bay. They did this in several other markets. They bought the station and flipped it to Fox for the Fox programming for the ingrained uh, historical audience that had been with those stations uh, that would now be watching their programming. So I still remember all of that uh, vividly taking place. The NFL was behind it. Summerall and Madden were behind it. Um, again, we can't overstate this enough. I, I still, I, uh, I saw this again um, at Christmas time where everybody was going crazy about the Madden game and the PlayStations. Again, so many present day football fans don't know John Madden, even as the broadcaster that much less yeah. the coach, they only know the video game, the Madden video game and the commentary that he would always do on it for so many years. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to bet that there's some kids out there that don't realize that Madden is a real guy, you know, like there's a lot of people, myself included, who didn't realize that Colonel Sanders was a real guy. I just thought he was a fictional, <laughs> a fictional <laughs> mascot, right? And you find out, oh, wait, not only was he a real guy, he actually dressed like that and was on TV, right? You don't know that. So for, I think there's a lot of kids out there who genuinely, they don't know that Mad sure. Madden in their video game is a real person. Uh, and uh, it's uh, interesting that Madden will live on forever because of, well, forever. I mean, for as long as EA Sports can continue to come right. and make the game and have exclusivity, right? Because NBA Live isn't coming back anytime soon from EA. So there might be eventually a day when there's no Madden NFL. But, you know, for many years to come, Madden will still be a name that is synonymous with football. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, to, to, I mean, to an extent, that's immortality, right? That's lasting for generations. Because very few people in any business are immortal, right? There's a lot of actors, for example, from the 50s and 60s. There's only a few who everyone still knows today, right? That's right. You know? I wouldn't even say, that, like, maybe, like, you got to be a TCM person to know Glenn Ford, for example. Sure. Glenn Ford was really big. He was a really big actor, a great actor. But you got to be the type of person who regularly tunes into TCM to know who that is. Because most people, you couldn't in a million years get them to know who Glenn Ford is. I, I don't think that Madden will have that problem. Partly because of the game, or maybe even largely because of the game. I mean, he, he will be someone who lives on, even for all, all those generations who don't remember him uh, watching him uh, do games. 
All of that is well said. And again, we've had uh, we've had a blast talking with John Lewis here about the legacy of John Madden. Again, the All Madden documentary, they've already re-aired it a couple of times as we release this podcast. And depending on as you're hearing John's sportsmediawatch.com podcast simultaneous, the interview is serving both purposes here. It will be back on again. Check the listings for the NFL Network. And you were saying to me, the streaming services are probably also going to have the documentary out here in the short term as we head to New Year's weekend at the time that we're doing this interview. They're going to be showing it some more and it's well worth it to watch his rise as the Raiders coach and then become the broadcaster. And then John, after that, uh, to now have all the success with the video game, almost three different stages of John, of yeah. John Madden's popularity and his success. They can see it all in the documentary and it's going to be available, right? Yep. It'll be on Peacock. I believe it'll be on ESPN plus, even though it aired on Fox originally, it'll be available in a lot of different places. And the Fox will certainly re-air it. Um, too bad they didn't get a chance to re-air it last night in place of the Holiday Bowl. Right. Uh, but um, I'm sure there'll be plenty more events that are canceled, and so plenty more, plenty <laughs> more open TV slots to put that in. Uh, maybe even Friday night. I know Fox canceled their New Year's Eve show. That'd be a good, maybe a good place to put that. And again, the Raiders will be honoring him. The pro football world will be honoring him this weekend and moving forward, a Hall of Famer. That is for sure. What a personality. And they, they again, uh, the NFL owes, owes a big debt of gratitude to what not only Summerall and Madden, I mean, Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson in the 80s, um, on NBC, the Monday night games you mentioned that had Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell, that eventually transitioned to Al Michaels and Frank Gifford and Dan Deardorff when the NFL was building its TV empire in the 80s and into the 90s. These were the guys that were part of it at the, at the very, very top of the food chain to help build that and, and build what we have now. John, I've enjoyed this uh, thoroughly. Thank you for providing some insight with me on this. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. And uh, and again, I wish it was a better subject, but we spent some really good time going over all the positives. And there are a lot of them about John Madden. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thank you. And there we go. That ends this edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. Reminder, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Follow us or subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We'll be back in the new year as well with more original podcasts here with John. Special occasion in this situation with the passing of John Madden, the legend. For now, we're done. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.